This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. This is Dr. Vic, and as always... Uh, I want to chime in just a little bit about this amazing interview I had with T.M. Hoy as he goes by Mark. Um, it was a great interview, you know, really lasting happiness, the secrets of the heart, mind and spirit reveal. He's the author of that book, which is absolutely I'm going to dive in and uh, truly read this book because after this interview, it was really great to look into things. Mark had a, has a very interesting past that has the experiences of what he went through truly basically propelled him to go a massive different direction in his life and what he's coming through in this point from all that, the nuggets and the life lessons that he took from those experiences has truly transformed his life. And I can see the effects of what it's going to do to transform others. He has um, written the book, Lasting Happiness, The Secrets of the Heart, Mind, and Spirit Revealed. Um, it's basically just a practical step-by-step guide to help you create a life rich in love, meaning, and creativity. Mark talks a lot about how, how little you truly need to be happy. We really dive into the keys of happiness, and we first start off the whole journey of his experience and how he ended up spending 16 years in hell in a Thailand prison, what he learned from that experience, how he survived, and then what he took from that to appreciate as he faced death almost every day in that prison, how it taught him to change his ways in his life and to truly drastically now share this message with the world. So what a great interview we had. We had a lot of fun. We have some laughs and I promise you, you'll really, really enjoy this. So with no further ado, I want to introduce you to T.M. Hoy. So Mark, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Manzo. I'm really happy to be here. 
Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I guess, you know, I was looking at all the stuff in your, in the things of what you've gone through and everything. And, uh, I just, I was really happy. I'm like this, you would be a great individual to interview. I have a ton of questions. I, I did my homework and I am ready to rock and roll with you. So, <laughs> okay. Fantastic. That's great. I can't wait. It should be fun. So, you know, right off the bat, I mean, you know, in, you often reference a lot of times I've seen in your personal life and background in your book. Can you tell us, you know, how your experiences changed you? Because I truly believe, you know, there's, there's knowledge as great things, but then there's also experiences as is where the wisdom comes. And so I'm really mm-hmm. curious to see how have your experiences changed you in your life? Yeah, I would say the the formative one, the the really huge one. I, I mean, I I come from a background. I was raised in Northern California, and um, my family are all professional people, pretty much doctors, lawyers, things like that. So I was real fortunate. I had an excellent education, but unfortunately, I had lived a life where I really. I didn't have integrity. And I also came from a place where I was kind of selfish. And so what, what I was living overseas, I'd moved to Asia because I was a jeweler, was in the jewelry industry for many years. And um, I had a very comfortable life. But what, you know, the radical transformative event for me really was um, the facing death daily that came when I was incarcerated in prison in Thailand. And that all occurred. Um, a friend of mine uh, in the United States, I had agreed to be his fiscal conservator. And uh, another friend of mine had asked me to do that. And when I moved to Thailand, I took him with me. And I kind of felt in my heart that that was a big error. But in any case, I did it. Um, I was going to set him up in a little garage because he was a garage mechanic. I was going to set him up in a little garage in northern Thailand. And um, in the process of doing that, um, he was constantly getting into arguments with my Thai girlfriend. And uh, one evening, I came back after a business trip and found that they had gotten into a violent argument and he'd strangled her. So at that point, I was horrified at the same time that I was extremely panicked. Uh, in Thailand, the police torture people, and I was terrified of going to them. And so I, I kind of, I have this internal battle going on for hours, thinking to myself, oh God, what do I do? What do I do? And in the end, so many hours had passed that I felt like it was too late. So at that point, I helped him cover up the murder. And that decision ultimately led to me spending 16 years in prison. And in Thailand, um, the prison system basically is just a warehouse and a slave labor factory. And so what I was surrounded by was a super high death rate. People right up close to me, right in my face, really, (laughs) uh, dying every day. And I myself came very close to death. So that was the experience that transformed me. And um, you really realize when everything is stripped away, when there is nothing except you and your life, really, you realize what's really important because you, there's nothing, there's no illusions anymore. There's no, there's no barriers between you and harsh, harsh reality. And that was what transformed me. And, um, it, it, it really turned me into a piece, per, a, a decent person, I think, and, um, a lot more compassionate and, and forced me to look inside myself and say, who are you really? Is this, is this somebody that, is this really who you want to be? And, um, it also enabled me to discover what happiness was because you realize that you really need very little to be happy. Uh, it's shocking. We are so convinced by the materialist Um, world that we're surrounded by, that we need things to be happy. We need material achievements to be happy. And that's just not true. What you really need are healthy relationships. And the the reason that I think that most people sense this and know that this is true is that when you're on your deathbed, what really matters to you? What matters to you are the people that you've loved and the people that love you. That's what you're thinking about and the things that you're passionate about. And those things have nothing to do with money. They have nothing to do with achievement. And that is basically how I'm here uh, talking to you now about this uh, journey, if you will. Well, I love you. You share know that there's a lot of things uh, just in that I'm going to dive into because uh, there's a lot of stuff I like to, to jump in. But just like you said right at the end, one of the things I I, uh, I do is I do a lot of coaching with entrepreneurs and things like that. And what you just said, the deathbed 
is all that matters is the people who are around you that you love and the things that you live that are that you're passionate about that really matters at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I actually walk them through a process that like they're, they only have 24 hours left to live. Right. And, right. and what would you do? You know, and, and that kind of a concept. So awesome. Uh, we're on the same vibe. We're, we're, we're vibing, in other words, as I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. So, yeah, there's a, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to mention that if you ever have the time to look, I'd be happy to send you a copy of my book. There's a section in there on um, exactly that process, but the way that the Japanese did it back in feudal days with samurai when they were about to, uh, you know, when they were about to commit seppuku, uh, when their lord was displeased with them or whatever, or they were facing battle, and they'd go through that mental process of facing their own mortality and then uh, writing a death haiku, writing a poem. Uh, they tried to capture the essence of their life, but it's a very powerful um, and very, very brief uh, method of doing that. So, but I wanted to share that with you because if you're already doing one, it might give you some refinements and some interesting kind of byways to look at, you know, always looking to improve. So yeah, no, you can, I always say you can always go deeper in anything. Um, So yeah, be more than open to that. So how did that experience, I mean, 16 years, Thailand prison doesn't sound like fun facing death almost every single day. I mean, what were some of the thought, like, how did you overcome the thoughts that the fears that you had within and, and, and seeing that? I mean, basically that, that personal hell that you were going through. Um, I think there's one event that was really transformative that, kind of illustrates it. Um, Thailand is a Buddhist country. And so the culture has been deeply influenced by Buddhism. And um, this one thing that happened to me, I was on my way being transferred. I'd been sentenced. Um, We'd been sentenced to death, which had been reduced to life for confession. And um, on the way down, there was a hill tribe guy that I don't know if you know anything about the hill tribe people. No. Okay. Well, they have these people that are that live in the jungles, that live in the Golden Triangle in northern Thailand, and they it actually flows across several different countries' borders there. But that jungly area, these hill tribe people are very primitive. They've never been experienced. They've never experienced concrete, uh, cars. There's nothing up there. There's just the forest and um, a tropical forest. And their culture is so incredible. I mean, they're just, they're kind, they're welcoming, they're generous, uh, they're incredible, and they're gentle people also. And so there was this hill tribe guy that was on the bus as we were transferring down from Chiang Mai in northern Thailand to, to Bangkok. And he had, didn't even know what a sentence was. They don't speak Thai. They learn more English than they do Thai, actually, because they have tourists that go up there to trek with the elephants. So they pick up some English, but they don't know any Thai. So I talked to this guy. He didn't even know what his sentence was. They backpack heroin. Um, they backpack it down from the jungles where they grow it into the city, into Chiang Mai. And he, they, think, they don't think anything's wrong with it because they use it as currency up in the hills. And um, they don't think they're doing anything wrong. So they pick them up easily because they've never even seen a metropolis before. They pick them out. And this guy got a life sentence. So they're illiterate. So he had no contact with his family. He didn't even know what a sentence was. When I told him it was a life sentence, he was completely at peace with it. And it was like, yeah, it's fine. That's all right. And I'm like, oh my God, how is this possible? How is this person who I've just told him is going to have a, an entire life sentence in prison, never have any more contact with his family, completely cut off from his world in an alien environment that was really harsh and negative and completely at peace with it. And I, I, he could see how distressed I was. And he pointed up to the sky and he chuckled and he was like, look, the sky's not falling. <laughs> it's okay. Look, we're healthy. Look at, you know, you've got your life. You're all right. And that just floored me. And so that, that experience was kind of emblematic of what happened as a whole, um, you know, the Buddhist perspective of being, and, and that's why I, I love your show so much, the mindful experiment, because really that's what it is. It's about being mindful and living in the moment and accepting your re- reality as it is, and then drawing the best that you can from that. So that kind of, I hope that answers your question. No, it does. And you just, you nailed it right at the end where it's all about just taking the best of what you can at the moment of where you are. And 
I always tell people like the biggest issues we have in life, the reason why we experience stress is because of resistance. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you were, you were like, hold on, wait a minute here. You got life and you're going, you're okay with that. Right. But, right. Right. But on the other side, he's like, I'm in flow. This is what it is. I'm just, right. this is my, my, my experience that I'm going to have. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And making the best of it. Yes, totally. And, you know, that, that's a pretty profound to see that because I think in society today, why do you think we resist so much? Why do you think it is that we, um, a sentence, I mean, I, I, I can go so many different routes with this, but uh, I'll try to formulate this in the best way I can. Um, looking at like, you know, when, when something's threatened like that, you know, you got a mm-hmm. prison, uh, you know, sentence for life, uh, you know, a massive bill comes in. Why do you think we have so so much resistance or stress that builds up from there? I think a lot of it comes from the fact that we are we are trained. We we first off, we live in mental cages. We live in traps, and our these have been put in place by, if you want to call them, authority figures. We're trained from a very very young age to be domesticated, which basically means that you ignore your body, you ignore your own desires, and you listen to those of others, and you accept those as the definition of what is right and what is good. So. In this mental construct that we have around us, the world we live in really almost we never really touch reality at all. We're living in a mental construct of ideas and beliefs, and these structures control us. And it's very, very difficult to break free of that. All it really needs is truly is awareness. And um, I talk quite a bit about it in the book, about how you do that. The, the, the importance of getting a healthy relationship with yourself is vital. And the only way you can do that is to be aware of all the ways that you're being controlled without your conscious awareness. And that, to me, is the root of the problem, the fact that we accept all of these uh, ideas and strictures as real when they're not. They're just constructs. And the classic one, of course, is money. And money uh, is purely a human symbol. It has no relationship to the real world. It is a, a purely human symbol of value. But in reality, it, it, it's meaningless when you when you walk out into a forest in nature and you're walking along a path. Money is useless. It's just a piece of paper or a coin. And nature looks at it like anything else. It's just an object. But to us, it holds enormous significance. And we destroy and deform and, and change our entire lives around this human idea. And it controls us utterly. And it's just one of thousands and thousands of ideas that we allow to control our lives. And until you are conscious and aware of that, you're not able to really create a healthy life, if you will, or a healthy relationship with yourself. And that, that awareness, unfortunately, many, many, I'd say very few people actually uh, have that consciousness that the commodification of nature that comes with money and all the rest that comes with our society and the rules and ideas that, that control us. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's, it's amazing how much we let money be the, uh, we worship it in a sense and give it this, we do this whole like, this whole experience of what it not really is. And, uh, and, and, and why do you, like, how does this, you know, get the creation of the mental cage? What, who, is there like, is it just society in general? Is it the, is it our, our governmental figures? Is it, who do you think like plays a big role, or big role in that? It, it all begins with the taming when we're children, the domestication process. And really it all stems from our deep need for approval. Um, and, and that's really the heart of it. And so we start off as children, helpless, and we feel very deeply that approve the approval of those who are our authority figures is essential for our survival. And then as we mature and we get older, that role is kind of taken over by our peer group and then ultimately our community. And all of those have to do basically, um, to boil it down, it's the need to belong. And it's a, it's, we're social animals and it's absolutely crucial to have friends, to have social connections. Um, almost no one is comfortable with a life that is isolated. People need other people. 
And we form our lives around that. So those are the bonds that begin the process of acculturing us, if you will. And um, it's universal. It's not just American culture. It's all cultures. And the same process, I'd say the only cultures that don't have that process are the ones that are still living in what you might call pre-technical societies. And and those still have... Um, at least a much higher proportion of healthy interactions between people where there's not that hierarchy, there's not that dominance. And uh, so that's, that's really where you, I, for me anyway, is this starts with the, the parents and your loved ones immediately around you raising you to be obedient and to just knee jerk reaction of instant boom, you know, you've got to do this and not even questioning that your point of view is insignificant that the people that are above you or around you, that's what matters. And that's where it begins. I can, I can totally see that. And especially I, when you're talking, I'm listening and thinking of how I was raised and, and, and so forth, which I'm very grateful for because it made me the, um, I don't want to say a rebel, but someone mm-hmm. who wants to beat the beat to their own drum um, mm-hmm. because of it and, and so forth. But seeing it from that perspective, then what are some, or what are things that, we can do to kind of break that mold to get away from that. Um, I use, I call it like, like zombie or robotic mm-hmm. type uh, mindset. How do we, how do we, what are your suggestions on like breaking away from that? Or, or give me some tips. Yeah. The easiest way, the simplest and most direct way is just to listen to your body and get back in touch with it and spend some time, we, we live in our minds. We live in our heads really. <laughs> and we don't spend any time with our body and listening to it. And I think that's why there's so much illness. There's so much unhappiness and misery that we just are completely out of touch with, with a physical being that, you know, we inhabit. And so I would say, you know, the best way really is just to begin by being just starting off with a couple of little kindnesses to yourself. Mm-hmm. Think about what it is that you really like and bringing that into your life and doing that gradually to the point where your life is a pleasure again, where you really like things because your body doesn't really need much. Maybe you like a hot bath. Okay. Or maybe you want to do a jacuzzi once in a while. Okay. Let that happen. Take some time, take the extra hour a day to have that great bath and just relax and soak in the water and let all the stress flow. Maybe, maybe you really like um, a fantastic meal. So spend that whatever hour and a half, two hours that it takes to prepare it and get it right and get everything the way exactly what you like and, and indulge yourself that way. And people don't do that. They will, they, they rush through life uh, on some, you know, external, some other person's schedule, some other person's priority. They live their whole life chasing these dreams that don't lead to happiness. And that to me is listening to your body. You know, if there's pains and aches, why, Listen to that. So why is it your knee is giving you trouble? Why is your back giving you trouble? Why is your neck giving you trouble? And when you think about it and you step back and you're like, you know what? Wow, my neck aches because I'm always craned over this desk. Okay, so how do you change that? to help your body a little bit. You know, your knees ache because you're doing something that that injures them. How do you change that? And that's what I mean by listening to your body. So your body's constantly sending you signals. Maybe you have an upset stomach all the time. Why is that? Oh, it's stress. Okay, well, look at that. <laughs> but if you have a nasty boss, well, guess what? Look, there's other jobs. There's other ways to go about, you know, living life. And uh, But people never examine that. And that, to me, would be the first step, would really listen to your body and then respond in a positive way to it. And then you're going to begin that transformative journey where you begin to, you know, have a, have a pleasurable life again. I love it. And do you have, do you use any like tools of how you can start to listen to your body or give like ways to have deeper access to understand like, um, in that way? Yeah, absolutely. I I go through a lot of different methodologies, tools, and techniques. Um, I've been very fortunate. I spent basically uh, 12 years of research and um, reading the literature of all these different disciplines and getting wonderful tools and techniques from these. And um, there's not any one particular dominant um, 
theme in any of it. There's just a lot of little things you can do. Um, but meditation and mindfulness is, is something that's way up there on the list. Um, if you're able to spend some time just taking that deep breath, uh, doing a couple of little really simple breathing exercises that clear out your mind because all you're focused on is your breathing and a simple three, you know, count to three breath in deep breath, like hold it for three seconds or four seconds, let it out for three seconds, do that for like five minutes. And that will transform your thinking process because now the little minutiae of daily events, the things that, that really your entire life being a giant distraction, if you will, just sort of drop away. And so a simple thing like spending 15 minutes a day in meditation or spending 15 minutes a day uh, for doing a breathing exercise would be very helpful because now you get some clarity. And that's where it begins, where you're able to say, you know what, let's take a deeper look at this life of mine. And what is it that I'm doing or not doing that is really affecting me deeply? And that I think would anybody would benefit from that. Yeah, I'm such a huge component of meditation. And uh, uh, so I, I totally I mean, I've studied a lot of stuff in my life and uh, my background's a lot in energy medicine and quantum physics and universal mm-hmm. laws and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's always amazing how meditation will always come up as the forefront to mm-hmm. tap into. And uh, and I always as I tell people all the time, it's more like it's really creating the connection with yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love how you brought the body into it because there's some people I've been in some spiritual circles where like, well, the body's just robotic. It's this and that. I'm always like, it is robotic Mm -hmm. to a certain degree, but at the same token, it's a great vessel to learn from. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even talking about the human experience. Right. And like, and I guess it is part of the human experience when you think about it, because if you're meditating, you're connecting with yourself, you're learning about why this is happening or that's happening and have deeper understanding to it. (laughs) But, um, I digress on that. But yeah, meditation is i I'm a huge component of it. Um, is there like a special type of meditation you've practiced or that you found that was really beneficial for you? I, I really enjoy transcendental meditation. Um, you know, the higher consciousness thing. And, and I have practiced shamanism. Um, if you've ever get a chance, you might want to flip through a book, brilliant book by uh, Healy King called The Urban Shaman. And wonderful down-to-earth, he's Hawaiian, and wonderful down-to-earth uh, practices from the Hawaiian kahunas. And I, I went through that, and I spent many years playing with that and, and kind of bringing that into a you know, my spiritual path, if you will. And um, yeah, so shamanism, absolutely. But transcendental meditation as well was very, very good. Um, but I don't think people, I mean, anyone would benefit from it. But I think as long as you have a connection to something greater than yourself, as long as you have the ability to um, contemplate the eternal and the infinite whether it be through beauty whether it be through nature whether it be through i mean however you however you get there uh like that william blake poem about the grain of sand you know an eternity in an hour and that to me is a beautiful example of mysticism that you reach for the eternal and the infinite you reach for the greater than the self and you do that through the commonplace and uh I think that you know people don't need anything fancy, really. I, th- I think we like <laughs> we, we like the fancy stuff. You know, we we were drawn to that, but we don't really. You don't really need it. it you could do it just by tuning out the world by putting on a pair of putting in some uh, you know earplugs or whatever, and and just spending a couple of minutes a day with yourself at peace. And but certainly, you know, the transcendental meditation and shamanism for me were my route, but uh, anybody could benefit from anything. I think there's a lot of different paths out there. And I love how you, you bring that up because there's so many times I hear this is the way to do it, or that's the way to do it. And in my world, it's, it's what I see is I always tell people, it's like you said, there's many, there's, there's many paths to the same destination. Mm -hmm. You can do it in so many different ways. And so I love how you bring that up. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the get to, I want to get to some of this fun, uh, this, I'm always, I always interested about outlandish claims and stuff. And I know you've been getting some of that with your book and, uh-huh. uh, being in the health profession that I'm in, um, 
you know, such as like knowing how to stop and even reverse the effects of aging. I would mm-hmm. love to know and dive deep into uh, how do you how do you back up those big promises? Okay, well, essentially, the the science of it is absolutely rock solid. Hundreds and hundreds of studies, um, Harvard Medical School studies. Uh, when you when you without without getting bogged down in the in the details of of that part of it, there's an enormous amount of academic research that's been done to back this up. And essentially, it's really really simple. Our bodies have two states of being and that's it we were we evolved to either feel like it's spring when your body needs to burn off fat and you need to be out there chasing animals and gathering plants and what have you and we're expected our body expects us to walk the equivalent of about 10 miles a day and so when your body is experiencing spring you're doing everything you need to be healthy and rejuvenate yourself and if the other state is winter and winter time, your body basically shuts down and says, do everything you can not to die. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you, add, you add fat and you do all the unhealthy things. It just closes in. So the trick is there's two master chemicals in the body. There's, they're called cytokines. Mm-hmm. And that's um, C-Y-T-O, cytokine. And the cytokines are C6 and C10. And C6 is the master one that rejuvenates the cells. And C10 is the one that fights inflammation. So these are the two that your body produces. The problem is that you only produce C6 when you're exercising. And so the key to health and even reversing aging is just to do an hour a day of exercise, hard enough to make you sweat. And if you do that six days a week, you are going to reverse that aging process. You're going to trick your body into thinking it's springtime. You're going to be producing lots of C6, which is the only thing that repairs damaged cells. And it improves your circulation. And it's so simple. And if you put that in combination with eating right, getting rid of the getting rid of the high fat, um, garbagey foods we love, you know, the the salty, sugary stuff. And I, I'm not saying go crazy with it. Not, you don't have to be a monk or anything, but just reduce it a bit, you know, cut down the processed foods and increase the number. And it, this is, this is stuff that everybody talks about, but it's the combination of them. So if you do an hour a day of good, hard exercise and you can start small, uh, it doesn't take a lot, just a few, just a little bit start every day and uh, an hour a day of exercise, build yourself up to that. And increase the number of you know fruits and vegetables you eat and the big one the huge one is the stress reduction and that also comes from this self-reflection of thinking what is it that i really want how can i change my life even just in little steps to be less stressful and so if you do that you reduce the stress you increase the quality of the food you're eating just a little bit and you exercise again not a lot just a little. And that is going to have a massive impact on your metabolism, on the way you feel, and um, on, the, on the aging process. Uh, your body will be transformed. And I, I, there's so many different studies to point to. Um, I really enjoyed the book, Younger Next Year by Dr. Harry Lodge. Um, I highly recommend it for anybody interested in the subject. And um, he goes into real depth about the evolutionary uh, pathways of our biology, um, the fantastic wealth of different studies backing, backing all that up. But that's really, that's the essence of it. I love it. And what about, um, cause I know you talked about spring and winter. So you had this popped into my head is, is there something about, <clears throat> excuse me, eating in seasons at all? Uh, have you ever dived into some of that stuff and looking at like, you know, uh, being in season with earth and how foods help in that process with it besides the movement part? That's interesting. Um, I actually, no, I haven't. I, I'm, I like to try and be, Whenever I can, I like to try and be in tune with my environment. And I live in Tucson, 
And so it's a kind of a different cycle here than a lot of temperate zones, but it does have an interesting cycle. And I try to be in touch with that. You know, I, I like to have a feeling like you're connected to where you live and the landscape where you live. And I think that's really important, that sense of that connection with a sense of place. But when it comes to the food aspect of it, um, <laughs> honestly, no, I never looked at that. It's an interesting idea. I like that, but it never, it never occurred to me. No. Tough question. I was just curious. Well, because like, uh, I mean, I study so much and, and it's one of those things where, you know, like the Native Americans truly believe mm-hmm. that if you ate in season, it helped mm-hmm. prepare your body. And now there's research coming out showing that um, the food is actually informational. There's actually mm-hmm. encoded frequencies in there. And mm-hmm. what happens is when you eat the food, like, for example, uh, we're almost we're in winter here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It. But like, you know, when fall came, there's apples and there's squash and there's mm-hmm. all those foods that come during the fall season. When you eat it, it tells the body, hey, get ready. Winter's coming. Right. Start right. prepping. You're going to probably naturally store a little bit more fat than normal just because winter's mm-hmm. coming in our evolutionary process of, like you said, don't die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. 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 No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. It makes perfect sense. I just, not something that I've explored in the past. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, I'll look into all that. Um so good stuff. Yeah. So that's one of the biggest ways you can st- stop it, even potentially reverse the aging process. Right. C6 Absolutely. C10. What are anything that can help with the cytokine of C10? C10 just is about, you know, reducing inflammation. It's the body's natural uh, defense mechanism, but it has negative side effects, unfortunately. Gotcha. And that's why you need the C10, the C6 to correct that. And we don't get it by just sitting around. The only, <laughs> yeah. The only way you get C6 is by exercising. So like the Japanese, they have, um, this, uh, term called kaizen which means little tiny steps and I, people could benefit enormously from following that philosophy where like for example there was a guy he weighed like 600 pounds he couldn't even get off the couch anymore and um this was in japan and so it was like just take one step a day that's all just get up off the couch and take one step a day and after a year of doing that he had reached the point where he was able to walk five six miles at a time and the weight had dropped off of him and that kaizen is really the key for many people that are locked into really negative lifestyles i think to just take a one little step off that deviate just a little bit until you're comfortable with doing more and then at that point you're able to change things because people really are locked into a lot of unhealthy things and they don't realize that even a little change is going to help I couldn't agree with you more. I remember hearing about that word and, and it really kind of helped shift my perspective uh, mm-hmm. on life about five, six years ago where it comes to like, hey, just take it. All you can do is one thing today and that's it. Mm-hmm. One step. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. same thing. But over time, you'll build that momentum to make the change. Absolutely. Yeah, that I makes love a huge that. difference. So as we're talking about book, we've talked about your book on and off here. What, you know, there are so many books that have been written about like the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know, how does your book stand out from others? Essentially, the difference is, and I don't mean to cap on other people's products, but when you, when you, um, the essence of what my book is, is a collection of tools and techniques. The, the power of it, or what I, I believe is what is important about it is that the framework is so solid because really you can boil down happiness to one word, which is relationships, healthy relationships. And how do you, how do you get those though? And people don't know how to get those. People don't know how to create healthy relationships because we're not taught that we're taught unhealthy relationships. We're taught about dominance and control and obedience. We're not talked about healthy interactions. So what my book does is lead you step-by-step with all of these wonderful techniques and ways of making, uh, you know, a healthy life and where you have healthy relationships again, starting with the most important one, which is yourself. And how do you spark creativity? How do you, you know, uh, find that terrible search for meaning that so many people struggle with? How do you, uh, 
create love with yourself and it gives you everything you need. Most of the books I find that in the literature and I've read very extensively, they tell you what they think happiness is, or they give you proof that this is what happiness is, but they don't really give you what you need to get there. And that's how mine differs. This is like, here you go, step by step, uh, I'll lead you on the way. And it's very simple. It's not complicated. It, it is, it isn't easy. I don't want to fool people. <laughs> it's not like a, it's not going to happen overnight, but it is achievable and it doesn't take much money. It's not about the money thing at all. It's about yourself and your relationships with those immediately around you. So if you're willing to work a little bit and you're willing to change, then you have everything you need to make your life a paradise. And that's what the book gives you exactly what you need to make your life a paradise. I love that. And it, it is a phrase I use um, that you said perfectly because you're like all the books, they just tell you what to do and things like that. And I always say there's a lot out there that tells you what to think. Right. There is so little out there that tells you how to think. And yeah, it's, it's really about um, giving people the tools they need to be able to make that transformation. And um there's it's it comes from many many different disciplines a whole bunch of different fields it's not just psychology so there's stuff from um like michael apter who was a researcher he's devoted his entire life to studying danger and um interestingly enough that's at the root of fun and so we really don't often understand what is fun and why do we have uh, many negative things happen because we don't understand what fun is and why certain things are more fun than others um and i go into i delve into that quite a bit in the book but that's just one example so here's this researcher on danger and some wonderful insights into the nature of fun that help us transform that and make it healthier. Um, the same thing occurs throughout the book, all different kinds of subjects. Same thing with creativity. I draw from many different fields to give you tools to hugely boost your creative potential and the way that you interact with the world. And that's, that's the essence of it. That's the difference with the book really. And I, and I could see that. And I greatly appreciate you for putting that out there because again, you're, you're going into the whole how and not saying it's one way or this, or here's a five step. It's like, here, take these things, take these tools and then make whatever you want to make to be you and right. then figure it out from there. Right. Am I, we're right. on the same page, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because really there's a lot of people that are not going to want to do certain things. Like for example, some people they've got the love part. But luckily, you know, and they, don't, they, don't, they don't need to worry about that, but maybe they're challenged on the creativity or maybe they're challenged on the meaning part. There's other people that want to delve more into the creativity or the love, but whatever it is, if you have those three things and they're in alignment and they're healthy, if you've got love, meaning and creativity in your life and you have healthy relationships with yourself, others and the world around you you found happiness. And that's the formula of the book. And it's easy to remember. And I think that anybody that hears it will recognize the truth of it because it's an internal thing. It's like, oh yeah, you know what? <laughs> that's, so, that's so simple, but it's so true. And it's not complicated. It's just a little difficult because we tend to be lazy and <laughs> go along with the flow. So true. So is that, is that your secret to happiness? Yes. That yes, formula? That uh, formula. Awesome. And how did you come up with it? Was there, uh, what, was there experiences? Was it just research and information, meditations, oh, all it, of it, the above? All of the above. <laughs> I mean, it kind of it came together. Um, it, it took a long time to, to, for it to fall together, to kind of piece together. But it, it, uh, it did ultimately take shape. And, uh, but again, it was like a 12 year, it was a 12 year process. It took me 12 years to write this book. It's a very short book. It's not very long. It's less than a couple hundred pages. And, um, but it took, uh, an enormous amount of, of thinking and contemplation and reading and research along with, um, you know, some really terrible experiences to begin with to force <laughs> me to listen again. You know, we just ignore that inner voice. We just ignore that part of ourselves, the quiet, intuitive part. We just ignore it. And we go along in our lives and we wonder oftentimes, why am I so unhappy? Why, why am I not doing what I want to do? And it's because 
because we just ignore our intuition. We ignore that part of ourselves. And that was really what I allowed into my life again. And ultimately it, it helped me create this understanding. And that's, that's where it comes from really. Yeah, I love that. I really am, uh, you know, ignoring your intuition. I always tell people that's your, your soul's compass. And if right. you, you neglect that, forget about it. It's your right. Life's very mute. I know you know that very well uh, when it comes to that. So, <clears throat> excuse me, when it comes to, you know, happiness and stuff, we, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask is how do you find then purpose in life? Are those intertwined with one another? And is it, is it all one of the same, but how do you find purpose in life with it all? The, the heart of purpose, it begins with your passion. What is it that you really care about? And if you are willing to ask those values and visions questions, if you're willing to ask, what am I willing to die for? What makes me extremely angry? What makes me extremely excited? What is it that I really, really want more than anything else? What do I want my legacy to be? What would I want people to remember me as? And if you ask those questions, find what it is that you love doing and share that. And that is where you find meaning is just really simple sharing and caring about others. And if you're sharing what you love, you are going to have meaning, uh, just bucketfuls of it in your life. And so whatever it is that you care most about, spend some time thinking about that, find that. And when you found that, that is what you need to focus on and share that, find a way to share that with other people and you'll have meaning in your life. And if you, even if you don't want to become involved in other people, even if all you want to do is pursue that one thing, that passion, that is sufficient to create meaning in your life. As long as it's something that you feel is important and that is in some way giving back, because I think that all of us at heart, uh, you know, there's, there's a part of us that's deep in there that wants to be the hero or the heroine. (laughs) And, and that is, you know, that mythic journey, um, uh, you know, those archetypes are real and they're powerful. And so if you speak to that part of yourself and you let that to take expression, I think there's no problem. That's, that's the key uh, to uh, having a meaningful life really. And have, and I love very well allocated there. One of the things is the, with passion, have you ever noticed or maybe understand why is it that some people just have a hard time finding out what they want to do or have a hard Mm -hmm. time um, tapping into that passion? Mm -hmm. Very much so. And again, I think it goes back to the way that we're raised and um, accepting other people's ideas about who we should be and who we are. We just don't like to reflect because it's painful. Um, I think very few people are satisfied with the way that their lives are today. And when you reflect on that, you can't help but feel uncomfortable. And you're like, Oh, yuck. (laughs) How did I get here? This is horrible. And, uh, it, in confronting that means, ah, now I've got to begin the work of change. And (laughs) as you know, so I think people just don't go there, but that, that passion, finding those passions, stripping away the layers and getting back to the core is so important for a joyful existence. And, uh, it, but it just takes that willingness to say, you know what, I am going to have to look at my life and in the clear light of day and really take stock and ask those values and visions questions. And people, uh, prefer not to because it, it, the light of day, unfortunately, really re- reveals a lot of things that they would rather kept hidden. I love the ending there because I was just about to ask you a question about um, how much we we run away from the darkness or run away from the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I always say that the, what they really are seeking is through it if they just mm-hmm. work. Absolutely. There's a brilliant book. I don't know if you're familiar with his work. Um, John O'Donohue, Anamkara, Soul Friend. 
Are you familiar with that? Ah, that sounds familiar. I have to look at that. Well, he wrote about how each inner demon holds a precious blessing <laughs> if we dare to confront it. And I love that. And yeah. it, it really holds this, the, the essence of what you're talking about is just take that, that monster or that demon or whatever you want to label that, that part of yourself that you fear or that, that seems a, a deep negative that you want to hold down. Really spending a little time and being a little bit compassionate for that part of yourself, really saying, you know what, it's okay. It's all right. And, and not being judgmental and gently bringing that into the light can hold each one of those holds a wonderful potential for transformation. And um, those are those are things that we all have in our lives that oftentimes we just uh, we don't dare do that. We don't dare hold out our hand to that part of ourselves. And, and it's a great detriment because we really could uh, transform who we are as people and, and in, in doing so transform the world, make the world a much better place. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I'm actually uh, in February, I'll be writing a new book and it's, it's all about um, it's called the walk to um, I should know this. I just created it. <laughs> um, walk, <laughs> a walk in the dark, uh, uh-huh. a guide to, under, a guide to re, uh, understanding your light. And it's all about just what you just said there, like appreciating that darkness, appreciating the demons, appreciating mm. those things. Cause they're teachers. They're, mm-hmm. they're here. They mm-hmm. give us something. Absolutely. The shadow self, all of that young in the work by CG young, Brilliant, brilliant stuff. The shadow work, a lot of good material on that out there. And uh, yeah, dealing with the shadow self is crucial uh, because it, it the things and it really starts very simply. It's just a matter of accepting that um, there's things that bring out emotional reactions in us. And we don't oftentimes know why because they're buried so deep. And so look at the things that make you really angry at other people. What are the, what are the traits that really upset you? And what are the traits that you're attracted to? And if you are willing to spend a little time slowing down and thinking about that, boom, big light bulbs go off. And now you have a sudden revelation. Wow. I was raised this way to find this is bad, or I was indoctrinated to believe this is terrible. And that is where that comes from. And that's the shadow, you know, the process of engaging with the shadow and, and uh, bringing it into the light. Love that. And would you say that we are, or would you agree that we are uh, all adults are just children in big bodies? Very much so. Very much so. And a lot of, a lot of life is make believe. A lot of life is, uh, play acting. Um, we love costumes. We love drama and we create lots of it. (laughs) So true. Well, I think that look at this. How many people love to be on social media? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the stage. And, you know, and, you know I, I won't even go on that. But anyhow, it's, <laughs> it's just one of those things where, you know, yeah, we love to see all that. But, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I digress. Um, you know, one of the things people sometimes, you know, a lot of people we have, you know, challenges as we grew up as kids or strategies or just things in general. Um, how, you know, your book talks a lot about ways people can overcome those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you kind of expand a little bit on that and just dive deeper about sharing with some of the listeners of what you can do? Cause I know you've went, you've went through some stuff as you shared earlier on the show. Yeah, I think the, the, the most, the single most important thing, if anybody takes away anything is to understand the importance of connection. And that is at the heart of the transformative journey is connecting. And so, it's all about forming connections that are healthy. So what is it that matters to you? What is it that you like? What do you enjoy? And forming connections. And that is where it begins. Whether it's, it's emerging out of depression and anger and loneliness, connection. If it is about changing your community so that you have a connection with the community, again, it's connection. And, um, it, there's so many different ways to do this. Um, connecting with the community, for example, really, really simple. There's all of these different things that celebrate the changes of the seasons. There's all of these things that celebrate, for example, the migration of the whales. And everybody goes down to the beach and watches the, the whale migration or the monarch butterfly migration in California. The swallows returning to San Capistrano. The return of the monsoon rains to Asia. The um, 
I mean, you name it, you know, whether it's the Mardi Gras in uh, New Orleans, whatever, whatever it is that's happening in a community that ties in with nature or there's a cycle there, traditional holidays, traditional ceremonies, that's a way to connect with your community and get kind of into the life of a local community. But the same thing is true across the board with everything, whether, you know, with people, for example. So what do you, what do you, what do you enjoy doing? What, uh, you know, like the maker movement and crafts and all this stuff, wonderful, wonderful ways of forming healthy communities because people are sharing ideas. They're sharing knowledge. They create things. They're happy doing that. And um, they're doing something meaningful and important in their lives. And that uh, can be applied across the board again to so many different areas, but connection really, I think is the key, um, and the most important part of, uh, creating a happy life really because you're, it's about establishing relationships and whether it's connecting with your immediate family and the people that are immediately around you, if that's where you need to start, then that's great. And just do something that you'd like, do something that you enjoy and bring that in instead of letting the relationship be about something that doesn't make you happy. And, um, whether it's, whether it's with you internally, like I said, being a little bit kind to your body, being a little bit kind to yourself. Maybe there's things you like to do that you deny yourself and let that happen you know, uh, connect in that way with something that you enjoy. So however it is, whether it's yourself, whether it's with your immediate others, whether it's with your community, but connections, that's to me, that's the heart of it. Pretty profound. Would you say that it's kind of, or would you agree? It's kind of like, uh, you're shifting your focus from where you are, depression, anger, frustration, and you're kind of saying, all right, I don't want to be there. So let me focus then on, something that makes me happy, something I find joy in, something that does that. And then from there, that emotion and other people who are kind of doing the same thing kind of helps you uplift you over time to get through it. Exactly. Exactly. Because you need to get out of whatever rut you're in. Whatever it is that's not bringing happiness is what you need to get out of. And it's not... um particularly difficult it's just a willingness to change and we resist that because change is of course scary sometimes and and we try to we don't we don't like the unknown you know we we prefer the painful known (laughs) than the uncertain unknown so true on so many levels it's amazing how much uncertainty when we get when we step into uh the form of uncertainty how many people fear that like crazy Mm -hmm. Um, it's amazing Mm -hmm. um one last thing, you may have answered this question already, uh, but you know, some ways listeners can bring happiness in their life. I know you mentioned connection and relationships yeah. and doing something you love. Is there any, and, and, and the connection and relationship with yourself, is there anything else you would add to that? I think probably the most important thing, the most important single thing that people could do to find happiness in their personal life would be just to be willing to begin the contemplation of your existence, to begin that examination of your life. And that is where it begins. And um, it's so funny that, you know, you show the, the mindful experiment that that is, that is the essence of it right there, that you have to be willing to take a, a, take a good hard look at who you are and where you are. And if you're willing to do that in an honest way, without judgment, then you're on the right path. You're going to get there. It may take you a while. There's a lot of missteps. There's a lot of uncomfortable moments, but you will get there. And the, But that is the most important thing. Cicero said 2,000 years ago in Rome, the unexamined life is not worth living. And it's as true today as when he said it 2,000 years ago. And so look at your life. Be willing to make that little, take that little bit of courage that's necessary. Take that little bit of determination that you need and just begin a little bit of looking and saying, who am I and what's re- what really matters to me? And, and that will begin the process of leading to happiness. I love it. Because, you know, it, it, and, and I love how you say all that because it is that um, – 
I always say reflection, right? You know, just, mm-hmm. just reflect and, and take in those moments. And again, no judgment, right? We were so quick to judge. Right, right, right. And so negative and, and harmful. Don't, don't do the judgmental thing. Withhold that and say, you know what? It's okay. Um, it, you don't have, you are the arbiter of what is success. You are the one who determines what is happiness. You are the one that decides what matters and what is important and what is not. So don't allow other people's judgments to color that. And when you look at your life, don't look at it from the perspective of somebody else and saying, Oh, my, my life is a failure or, or I haven't achieved what I wanted to achieve or, or I'm not going in the direction that I want to go in that don't, don't look at it from that perspective. Just look at it from a neutral perspective and saying, who am I and where do I want to go? And that will begin the entire process that leads to happiness because you can't go there until you really know what you want. You have to know that. I love that. And, it, and, it's, and it's not, you know, life didn't come with a manual, right? So, right. And uh, just like in school, you learn material and you get tested. In life, it's the opposite. Mm, and so for you, to find your, for you to find your happiness, you, you just, you, you just got to go jump in. Right. right. Absolutely. That. Absolutely. Experience is so important. And we're, that's another part of society that we are painfully aware of is that we are separated from ex- our own experiences are downgraded. We are not uh, rewarded for that. We're rewarded for accepting others' judgments. So get back into experiencing it yourself and doing that. And that is the way forward. Really? I love that. And I used to, uh, when I was about, about 10 to 11 years ago, and I was about 24, 25, I had a spiritual teacher and she was, I understood the knowledge of spirituality and energy medicine and healing. And I understood all the concepts and she kept saying, you're very knowledgeable on that, but she's like, you need experience. Mm-hmm. That's the wisdom. And mm-hmm. I, I, if she's, if she's listening to this show, I want to say you're so <laughs> true now because 11 years later, I'm sitting there going, what was, I was so Mr. <laughs> know-it-all back then and I had it all figured out. And now with all the experiences I've had, and I'm like, I sit back now and I'm like, okay, 35. I'm like, no, I still don't know nothing. I go 10 years from now, I still won't know nothing, but it's going to be kind of cool how much more I gained from it all. So. That's so true. That's so funny, Dr. Benza. That's so funny. But it's so true. Yeah, we don't, we don't uh, uh, focus on experience and our own experience of the world uh, to the detriment of our lives. You know, we, you need that. You need to have that. Those experiences sometimes are painful, but it's, it's what, you know, helps you develop as a person and ultimately become your true self. And just to share one more thing, just to tie in everything that you're talking about. I mean, I used to be that type of guy who would read the 60, 80 books a year and mm-hmm. all that. And then all of a sudden, a few years back, I just said, you know what? I, I Spiritual truth all says everything's within. So what I'm going to do is just take all my experiences take them in as deep as I can go at that moment and just let it be my teacher. And I've grown personally massively in all areas of my life from that more in two years than what I've done in the last 10, 12 years of research and information, which I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just trying mm-hmm. to tie in what you were saying, how to get embrace those experiences and really take those in because it, it as you know, it does transform your life and it gives you what you need. Mm-hmm. Very powerful. Absolutely. Well, Mark, this was awesome. Uh, I greatly appreciate having you on. I want to just ask, how can the listeners get a hold of you? How can they get your book and everything else? Okay. Well, the book, uh, thank you for that. The book is available everywhere. You can buy it on Amazon, uh, Kobo, Barnes and Noble, um, iTunes, pretty much available everywhere as an electronic copy, uh, an ebook. Um, the paperback should be out by the end of January. And you can get a hold of me. Um, you can visit my website at uh, lastinghappiness.net. And uh, anybody that wants to leave a comment on the website, we'd love to in contact with you and hear from you. I especially love critical uh, feedback. So if you, if there's something about the book that you don't like, or there's something that you think is needs to be added, please contact me. And I'd love to engage with you in a conversation and add that stuff in because it's all about improving it and making it as good as it's possible to be. And uh, so, but the, yeah, that's the essential way of getting a hold of me. You can of course leave a comment on Amazon as well, the author's page or the, where the book is, there's always space for comments. 
comment there. And uh, please do that again. I love feedback. So I'd love to hear from all of you. And I commend you for that because in society today, we don't like to hear anything negative or mm-hmm. um, um, we repel from that. And those things can actually, as you said, help me improving it better in some ways. So commend you for saying that. Um, well, I want to thank you for having on. This was a joy and fun. Uh, I learned, even myself, I've learned some things here where I can take my life to another level. So thank you for sharing all that. Absolutely. Fantastic. I'm really glad I was able to do that, Dr. Manzo. That's wonderful. And uh, I'm really happy that I was uh, given the privilege of being on your show. Thank you so much for that. Well, keep up the good work. Keep sharing that, that story and keep spreading the happiness. We all need it. And all your stuff you shared today is just monumental for what it can do for people. All right. Fantastic. Glad I could, glad I could assist in some way, doctor. And hopefully we'll talk again soon. We will do. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.